deep in London's beating heart lies a wall. I'd like to it be if you know the call. For if the wall steps aside, be not afraid of what you see. Cause the wizard world has opened up as has the Griffin. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Shrieking Shack. This is a Harry Potter reread podcast for Laps fans. I am your host, Zizi. And I'm Liz. And Liz, uh, do you remember the heady days of. I think it would have been what 2017 uh logging on pouring yourself a drink and checking the latest news on that good old fire festival i sure do that was a that was a fun time that was that was uh that almost feels quaint now like can you imagine some weird thing happening uh and staying in like the discourse cycle for as long as that did now yeah, it feels like the the cycle has shortened for sure. Yeah, like like uh, so. I uh, here here's here's the thing. I uh, loaded up the soundboard yesterday mm. with the um, the uh, High Hopes song uh, by Panic at the Disco because I thought that would be really funny. Wonderful. Um, but then I realized, or already missed the window on that one. Uh, mm. That's all like 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 joking about the high the Pete Buttigieg high hopes dance already done. We're we're done with that one. We've moved on to the next thing. We've moved on to uh, let's age this episode. Uh, we've moved on to the president wrote uh, in big funny letters you know, on a on a notepad. Uh, that was that was where we were yesterday. I think. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. So 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 had to scrap that idea. Um, but Fire Festival I think holds a special place in my heart because that one was just so good. We got so much out of that. We got. The incredible commercials. We got the photos of the cheese sandwich. We got uh, just everything involving the interviews with the people after the fact. Mm-hmm. Uh, Did you watch was... either of the documentaries? Yeah, I watched the Netflix one, and um, I it tried way too hard to make you feel sorry for uh, like the people who came up with the fire festival and were like working on it which really stuck in my craw a little bit because like the people who really got fucked over by that were like the people who, who were working on that island right and like right like like you know there's there's someone who was interviewed in that in that documentary who was like yeah i didn't get paid i had to like dip into my savings to like feed people i just live here and I was doing it out of, you know, the goodness of my heart, basically. And, like, right. that, that is way more of a compelling and sad story than, like, yeah, I live in Brooklyn and I joined this startup and I was on a conference call with Ja Rule and he was telling me, no, we're good. We're going to keep doing this, this. We're making this app. And well, then I found out the, the app was being used for... Uh, you know, running a bad festival. I'm like, I don't give a shit about that guy. <laughs> that guy sucks. I, I sure. don't d- d- do not care about about having any sympathy for that asshole. Uh, but like, that was what most of the documentary was like focused on. And yeah, so I I didn't have a great time with that one. But the the the, the real moment, the like, just 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 seeing the tweets from the festival, seeing the photos, and and seeing Ja Rule's incredible. What was this tweet that like? Like, sorry, but I am not responsible. Sorry, but it's not my fault. (laughs) There was just just some incredible stuff out of there. So imagine my delight this week Mm. when I discovered, uh, when I I loaded up my Google News alerts for Harry Potter, 
that a uh, that something happened over this weekend that was described as the Fire Festival of Harry Potter conventions. Mm. Just that combination of words strung together. Mm-hmm. Mm. Perfect, right? Because it's like, you know, we, we are I, I would say that like after that huge burst of, of news a couple weeks ago about Fantastic Beasts and whatnot, I think we are definitely still kind of in the um we're kind of in like the the news doldrums. Like we're still in kind of like the 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 fallout from that. But this is such a good little this is like a little care package just for us, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is from CBC News. Shockingly bad Montreal wizarding themed event has magic fans wanting their money back. Uh, Harry Potter fans were left disappointed after paying more than $50 a ticket to a wizard-themed event for adults at the Rialto Theater Friday. The four adults there is... Uh, unfortunately, I, I don't think that this is uh, as, you know... I don't think they're using it as loaded a term there, but I was like... I, when I first read this, I was like, oh, was this a Harry Potter burlesque thing gone wrong? Uh, I have I have to assume that they... It means they're serving booze, right? Right. Yeah, they're serving alcohol. Probably is the is the meaning here. Uh, Georgiana Elias was one of the first people in line for the event that was supposed to begin at six p.m. As the line started moving, about half an hour later, the excitement was building among the hundreds mm. of costumed guests. But when they entered, Elias said there was nothing magical about the experience. Oh, no. It felt like we had our own little Montreal Fire Festival, she said, referring to the 2017 music festival that left hundreds of guests stranded in the Bahamas in a storm. It felt like a total scam. While the company that put on the party, LOL Events Group, wrote on its website that specialty cocktails such as Boozy Butterbeer and Polyjuice Potion would be available. Did they <laughs> just put did they just put vodka and some cream soda? I would love mm, Did we host I... this? <laughs> <laughs> Come on down to the Shrieking Shack Festival <laughs> where we will put vodka in an AW cream soda for you. Absolutely. We, we can all. make this happen. Uh both references to the Harry Potter universe. Um but the bar had more familiar fare, rum and coke and gin and tonic. Hey, Ugh. I, mm, <laughs> I would be so, do you know how relieved I would be if I was like at a like <laughs> Yeah, because you're showing party? up and you're showing up and you think you're going to have to uh, drink some cream soda with vodka in it. Maybe <laughs> some butterscotch syrup if you're lucky. You get like going to an event and you're like, God, I'm probably going to have to drink some fucking stupid sugary like like uh, themed drink with a bunch of food coloring in it. It's like, oh, no, I can just get a gin and tonic or a rum and coke. Sounds good to me. Like that's that's a blessing in my opinion. Uh Advertised wizarding-themed treats turned out to be room-temperature pasta and desserts that can be found in the aisle of any grocery store. Again, sounds good to me. If I can get some, just like... Did, did one of our listeners put this event on? Was it was it yeah, Alfredo do... sauce? Was it Alfredo? Molly's signature mm-hmm. room-temperature <laughs> pasta? Oh, uh, and, and hey, don't knock the desserts that could come out of the grocery aisle. You get one of those, like, trays of, of like... Uh, chocolate croissants or the um uh there are those like pastries you can get with like the fruit filling those are all right sure those 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 would be just fine i I will be happy if you give me a, a safeway croissant uh the organizers had promised a visit to cobblestone alley to pick your wand i love cobblestone alley i love cobblestone my favorite alley. locale from harry but- potter but the reality was a table with takeout chopsticks still in their paper sleeves that guests could decorate with glitter. What's wrong with that? That sounds No glue cute. gun. 
No glue gun. Yeah, they didn't have. You need the glue gun so you can dip it in brown paint and make it look all knobbly. It's true. Mm-hmm. That's fatal flaw. You need that. Uh, it was just shockingly bad. Elias said, "I wouldn't even make an activity like this for children." If a kid's birthday party had like pasta and 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 well, maybe not the rum and coke, <laughs> maybe just the coke. But picking a wand and make it making a wand out of chopsticks—that sounds cute. That sounds sure. fun. Sure. YouTube nerdy crafter posted about her experience on monday by the afternoon the video titled i got scammed at a harry potter party had been viewed more than fifteen thousand times uh so many people were dressed up but amazingly no one was happy she recounted in the video (laughs) where she speaks with several other disappointed fellow guests before leaving early elias said she was told by a lol events employee at the rialto who identified himself as dylan that she would be able to get a refund by sending the company a facebook message instead the company blocked her power fucking move (laughs) all facebook posts by lol event group uh were defeat or deleted from the group's webpage over the weekend but not before dozens of disappointed guests left comments expressing their disappointment uh elias said that she would be satisfied she would have been satisfied with an apology and an offer of a partial refund but seeing a lack of response from the company she created a facebook group for other attendees to gather and share their complaints justice justice for the harry potter adults who wanted uh real wands off of a lathe and not out of a chopstick bag rialto owner ezio caricielli told cbc news that the theater had been getting complaints about friday's event but he said that the theater was not involved with organizing the event nor did it sell tickets tickets were sold through the online ticket service eventbrite but a spokesperson for that company said the organizers are responsible for managing all aspects of their event including refunds blah 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 uh, by Monday, all references to Harry Potter had been removed from the company's Eventbrite page, but they remained on the LOL Events website. It has since deleted Facebook post. LOL Events wrote, We understand that there are some people whose experience did not live up to their anticipations and said that they were a new company. Classic excuse. I love that one. I have one question. Hmm. I don't know if you're going to have the answer to this question. Mm-hmm. How much was a ticket to this thing? $50. Hmm. Would probably expect room temperature pasta for 50 bucks. Yeah, 50 bucks for like a, an event at a theater. I I feel like, you know, it's like I feel like this goes both ways and that like I feel like this probably was maybe not even a scam, but this was someone who was like, if we get $50 from 100 people, we can buy some food from Safeway and keep the rest. And probably like, 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 like not like not like, like not like a scam, but kind of stupid. Right. Like uh, like this. This is one. This is like, you know, the the, the, the kid in, in your high school class who is like, I'm a future businessman. And this is like one level above the idea they have as their as a team where they're like, if everybody in New York gave me a dollar for for this product. I would be a billionaire. Right. Like it like this is this is one step above that. It's like if I charge a lot of money but pay not very much money for the stuff in return i get to keep a lot of the money uh, uh and um, so you're so you're saying this is kind of um maybe the um a teen sitcom plot episode where the parents are gone and the teens open up a bed and breakfast in their house <laughs> yes exactly. but the parents yes. have to come home early exactly like, oh, oh, we gotta my... get all these people out of here 
Well, the parents in this case are WB making them take <laughs> Harry Potter off of the website. Um, right. Uh, they, they changed it all to just be wizarding inspired, and they say they are not responsible for any online commentary that implied otherwise. Mm. Um, I feel like if you're saying that you can go to Cobblestone Alley to pick out your wand, I feel like that's, like... Like that's that 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 is in that perfect realm of like it's not Harry Potter, but you know who it is you are selling this to, right? Oh yeah. Uh, so I don't know. The 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 rest of this article is mostly just uh, refund getting drama. Um, but uh, I was just tickled to see this. I'm so so thrilled whenever like the ghost of fire festival manifests again because that was that was just such a, a a beautiful and innocent time of uh, all all two years ago. Absolutely. I wish yeah. that we had gone to this event. Oh, I wish. We we have similar things close to us, I think. Uh we have well, I guess I, I guess we should keep an eye out next year because there's like that local LeakyCon chapter that comes through. Um because there's DJ there's DJ Dumbledore near us who will who will DJ your Harry Potter themed party. Um mm. The DJ at this event was named DJ Dob. DJ and, Dobby? And right, so like DJ is it, Dobby? Is Dobby is Dobby living his best life? Is Dobby a DJ now? I think I so. Hope, I hope so. I'd like to think so, for sure. Um, but moving on from from uh, uh, uh beautiful, beautiful memories of Fire Festival's past, let's talk about current scams. Let's talk about Wizarding World Gold. Where do are they think, at? Do you think Dobby does like only Nightcore? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, do you think he's like, you know, he's kind of down his like, he's like, he's, you know, he like, it's like he loves socks, right? But he like doesn't mm-hmm. quite get it. But he's like a DJ and he wants to come DJ your party, and you have to like kind of politely let him down because he only makes Nightcore. Well, to him, it sounds normal. Right. Like, that's just, like, he heard it first. He heard Nightcore first. And he's like, oh, this is this is what music sounds like. He he, he thinks that that is, like, like house elves making the music. Yeah. Because it's, like, higher pitched and it's faster. Yeah, I could see that. I could see, I, I could either see Dobby being, like, like big time, just, like, like sugary Nightcore EDM DJ. Uh-huh. Or it could go the other way. Like, like you know, he has total freedom. He's kind of a a, a a rebel elf, right? Mm, yeah. Um, he's he's maybe at the opposite end, or he's like he's kind of like he's one of those people, and I'm definitely not describing myself here, who uh, <laughs> who has like really good and eclectic taste in music, but uh, uh, maybe won't shut up about it sometimes, and and like whenever it's his chance to DJ, he's like, oh. Oh, Master's going to love this one. Master just downloaded, uh, Dobby just downloaded uh, some Mongolian throat singing recorded in 1980. <laughs> Dobby has been listening to Mersbo. Dobby has been listening to Harsh Noise. It's not musical, but the no- but the sounds itself, it's so beautiful. Is that what he does with his like one day off a month? <laughs> like, when his one day off a month dobby logs on to what what.cd oh, r.i.p what.cd and and just downloads all of the like concert bootlegs he can <laughs> good for him good for him definitely not owning myself with this description of dobby mm. but, uh, <laughs> oh um but the the wizarding world gold situation 
Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, you know, we it, we're a couple weeks out from it, like truly. We launching. we haven't pulled the trigger yet. We haven't. I keep thinking about it. I also keep thinking about buying the um the Image and Heap album for the Cursed Child. Why? Keeps, I... <laughs> <laughs> I I feel like I maybe floated this theory uh, yeah. really early on, but maybe I didn't. Um, maybe this is the platform that they're going to release the um like. I must a DVD version. That's not right. Uh, the like recorded version of Cursed Child. Yeah, that would make sense. I mean, like that's something, right? And like the Cursed Child is now in a position for them to do something like that to give it a shot in the arm. Because um, mm-hmm. I, I did you see the article that was going around about how it's like really fallen off on Broadway this year? Why hasn't it gone on tour? That's the, yeah, maybe, and, like, maybe this is the thing that, like, like, makes that decision happen. That's kind of what I'm hoping. Like, if, 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 if ticket sales in these, like, bespoke locations are down, maybe they will release a DVD version. Maybe now they're going to start thinking about making a movie. Maybe now they'll take it on tour. I feel like there's a possibility now that, like, the, uh, the, like, broadway and and london and you know et cetera, et cetera, ones aren't as crazy uh um you know money makers maybe now is the time that we'll start seeing that i hope yeah i mean i i i would try to see it for sure yeah a, yeah I... a digital release of it though would be probably my best my best uh case like if they if they released that and they're like it's on wizarding world gold for streaming i would i would buy it in a second i mean right. partially because i have to you know <laughs> maybe yeah. if i was just a a private non-podcasting citizen i wouldn't right but i definitely would in the, in the position that we're in right yeah we're not civilians we're podcasters we have a we have a solemn duty exactly uh but yeah no i feel i feel like the two the two ways we will get to see it is one they release a a like video version and we get wizarding world gold and we watch it that way then that'll be great or I mean, like you know, we live we live close to a major city. It might come through plays, but plays and Broadway stuff has toured through here before, so we we might get a chance. You know, a Shriekcast Night on the Town, uh, yeah, may, uh, could be could be an exciting uh, uh, prospect. But but I feel like those are the only ways we are going to see this damn thing. Yeah, we'll just have to read the script. Mm, we could re- we could read the script and we can play the Imogen Heap album in the background. We can we can we can uh, we can kind of reconstruct it for ourselves, maybe. Absolutely. But Wizarding World Gold is uh, out, and nothing has really been added to it. The last thing that they tweeted out about like specific rewards that you can get from it, uh, which is something you pointed out, is a link to a trailer for the Mina Lima quote unquote documentary that's on there, uh, mm-hmm. which, you know, I, we, 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 we briefly talked about this last week, but like, it's a commercial. Please uh, WB. Let me watch the commercial. Please, <laughs> <is> a- <laughs> please let me be advertised to WB. <laughs> it is a commercial. I'm like, I'm sure it would be like at least mildly interesting. I, I, I find graphic design interesting, but like, there's no getting around it just being a promo video for this graphic design firm that you have to pay $80 for. And I just don't, 
I, I feel like the pace needs to be picked up. I mean, look, we've got, what, three episodes of The Mandalorian from this other company over here. I'm going to need I'm going to need something else to convince me to pay $80 a year for for the wizarding one. You know, here's here's the question is like, why would I pay $80 a year to watch this like graphic design documentary thing when I have like 600 hours of Claire from the Bon Appetit test kitchen available for free on YouTube.com? Oh, fucking yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's my new thing, by the way. The test kitchen, <laughs> the ke- test kitchen is really fucking good. That is a good. It, that is a good show. It is. Uh, but yeah, so so there's nothing, kind of nothing new on the Wizarding World front. They haven't, they have not tweeted any uh, uh, new like hints at like what other content's coming. Uh, no other. They haven't even put the like, hey, this is all the stuff from the DVDs, and we're just dumping it on here, which feels like the easy thing that they could do. That would be semi question mark worthwhile um uh but what they have done actually is Mm -hmm. made me aware of this piece of news i had not caught that image and heap album yeah for a grammy what kind of Uh, grammy best soundtrack maybe maybe that's it doesn't say uh well congratulations to image and heap for that i suppose uh but uh you know I'm uh I'm good. Maybe I won't buy it after all. I I, I just I pressed <laughs> I pressed play on the video that was linked on this, and I remember what it sounded like, and I'm like, oh, you know what? Nope, I'm good. I'm I'm fine. I don't need to. It doesn't, I don't need it to... So- doesn't it sound like an N64 like soundtrack to an RPG? It's, yes, it does. It's so weird. It's so Which bizarre. Sound, I mean, when I say it like that, that sounds great. I love yeah. the N64 music, so I don't know what my problem is. It sounds like a bad one. It sounds like a not. Oh, okay. It sounds like a you know. Sounds like a not not as uh, nothing as fantastic and, and majestic as the Quest sixty four soundtrack for sure. That's true. What what could be? I guess. Well, that's kind of all we have for news this week. Should we get into our reading? Yeah, that sounds good. Let's um, do it. What's our chapter called? I didn't write it down. Snape victorious. Snape victorious. That's what we read this week. Um, Harry is bleeding and he's invisible and he's stuck on the train and no one's coming for him and he can't believe this he's so bummed out he's like all the kids they're on the carriages on their way to school and here i am like an idiot bleeding on this train and who knows when i will be found um good news is he's found immediately by tonks um who pulls the cloak off of him and is like, okay, we gotta, we gotta get you to school. Um, she seems depressed, I guess. And the way that that is kind of communicated to us is that her hair is, is a normal color. Um, and she's not smiling. Uh, and it's just not the bubbly, um, wonderful character we remember from, from book five. Um, she fixes Harry's nose for him. He doesn't want her to. I think. Th- I think the implication being that um, he's remembering, like what happens when anyone else tries to heal him, uh, other than Madame Pomfrey. But but she does a pretty good job, and and she sends her Patronus off uh, to fetch someone from the school to let them in. And Harry doesn't really see what the Patronus is, um, and, and the reason that she has to do that is because they can't get through the front gate. Uh, Dumbledore has put more security on the school. Um, we get like kind of a list of Aurors that are also stationed um, in Hogsmeade with Tonks, uh, one of which is Dolish, who we remember from 
uh, Dumbledore's escape um, when Umbridge tries to arrest him in book five. Um, someone finally comes down from the school. It's Harry thinks it's Filch, um, but as the person gets closer, it's Snape. Um, and Snape has some words for Tonks, um, and, and he's a bit snide and, and says, like, I was curious what your Patronus was. It sucks now. Um, but Harry didn't really see what it was. Um, and Harry has to, to go on a long walk up to the school with Snape. And, and boy, does Harry hate him. Um, he thinks about how much he hates him and, and does some kind of insightful self-reflection a bit about how he blames Snape for Sirius's death, even though it's probably not fair, but he doesn't care because it feels good and it's all Snape's fault for, um, for kind of goading uh, Sirius into, into taking that risk uh, and dying. Uh, Snape spends some time uh, taunting Harry up on the way to the castle. He takes a bunch of house points and kind of does his like normal thing where he kind of goes on and is like, you just, you just wanted to make an entrance, huh? Flying car wasn't good enough for you. You had to uh, just not get off the train on time. And, and Harry kind of ignores him, but is just like, I hate you so much. Um, Harry makes it to the feast but he's late and he doesn't get to eat uh, and he's bummed out and he's embarrassed everyone asks where he is but he doesn't want to say that he got beat up by Malfoy in front of everyone um, uh, Dumbledore makes a speech um, and we get the kind of clue slash information that um, his hand looks dead it has not gotten better Harry thought that for sure it would have been healed by now um, and, her and Hermione is the one that's like it looks dead um, but, but Dumbledore is like don't worry about it um, Dumbledore introduces Slughorn, dot, 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 the new potions teacher. And everyone's <gasps> like, what, what, what? Who's going to teach defense against the dark arts? And it's Snape. And Harry's so mad. He's like, no way. You can't, you cannot give him his heart's desire. Um, Dumbledore then warns him about Voldemort, just kind of a stock, like, wa like watch out. He's around. Um, please look for any suspicious, um, you know, uh, bags and tell your train conductor immediately if you see anything. <laughs> um, and and Harry kind of observes Draco while while Dumbledore is make, making the speech. Um, and Draco is just kind of like uninterested. He's not paying attention or is like deliberately not interested. Um, after the feast, uh, Harry pulls Ron aside and, and tells him what happened on the train. Um, and also kind of uh, expresses like, I can tell my best friend. Um, Ron's like, wow, that sucks. Um, Harry tells everything that he overheard from Malfoy and is like, I think Malfoy is working with Voldemort to do something. And Ron says, no way. Um, they talk to Hagrid for a little bit, who's like, I'm really excited for my class. Also, Grop is doing great. He's normal now and can talk and is going to be my assistant. Um, and Harry and, Gil Harry and Ron, um, as the chapter ends, are like, uh-oh. Both of us dropped Hagrid's class. He's going to be so sad. That's the end of the chapter. Um, I always try not to editorialize. That was a very lively summary. I You kind of have to, because like I, I think a, a non-editorialized version of this chapter would be uh, Harry thinks he's not going to get off the train in time, but he does. And he, then he has dinner. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing really happens in this one. Um, I, I think that I'm also being influenced by this feeling like it's all new to me. So I have a much more like, um, I am a little bit more lively. I'm like, yeah. and then this happened and then this happened. Like it's, um, it's, uh, exciting. Yeah, totally. And speaking of excitement, 
uh, how thrilled were you to just get like a solid block of Snape in here? I loved it. And I'm and I'm thrilled. We talked about this a little bit before the show, um, or, or I, th- I think maybe last night, um, where uh, you were saying, like, I'm so glad we get Snape still being a fun character. Yes. Because I think that we thought that we were going to get to Snape's worst memory, and it was just going to be pretty dunzo for... Yeah. For the rest of the time. I was so ready for book five to be the last book where I cared at all about Snape showing up. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I figured that book six would be where, but you know, especially because book six is kind of like centered around Snape. Um, I was so worried that like this was going to be where I get off the train, right? Like I, I no longer find him funny. There's like, uh, there's two too much baggage now and jk rowling has has become interested in writing him in a completely different way this is all things i was expecting um surprisingly he seems to be the only character in this book so far who has kind of like not gotten the like like behavior retcon i guess you know like and like some of those have been for the better and some of them have been for the worse I and mean, you know we've talked at length about like how dumbledore is different in this book but how much more interesting it has made those early chapters um, but Snape is Snape is just Arch Snape in this book so far, and it is great. Yeah, and he's so messy. Like this is the return of my other favorite Snape moment, where he where he intercepts Lupin's class to insult him for no yes. reason. Yeah, it's that just like showing up to be a huge bitch yeah. to someone that he knew <laughs> in school. So we'll, we'll we'll get to that. I just wanted to like to like bring that up, but but this th- let's let's start at the beginning. Let's start on the train here. I was so irritated that Tonks found him before he even had got back to like London or whatever. There's like zero consequences. No here. consequences. Uh, uh, no consequences. Tonks finds him. They hop off the train. Um, there's a weird. You brought this up last week in that it's like Chamber of Secrets, they miss the train, and you get it. They're 12. They think that this is the end of the fucking universe. They steal a car because they think that if they don't get to school on time, their lives are over, right? Like, makes total sense. Yeah, kids are stupid. Harry is- I don't mean that. I like kids. I just, like, they have no- Like, it's- that, That part is missing, the, like- and then the adults will do this, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, the Harry here, where he is like sitting, or I guess he's he's like lying on the ground and he's he's feeling pathetic and he's like, you know, it's like, oh, Draco owned me. Uh, <laughs> his like thought process here is like more childlike than anything that happened in Chamber. And like that is so weird because you know we, we've talked before about how like well you know the, the, these books shifted at some point and like you know the the early books definitely treated these 11 and 12 year olds basically as like small adults right mm-hmm. like they, like they were they were they had the like mental capacity of adults they were just like children for the sake of the story and like that's yeah that's, that's fine that's like like that's a totally fun uh, way to write a, a a a children's novel is to like you know it, it makes kids feel it makes kids feel like smarter right like 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 if you give these characters um you know this like broader sense of depth and and and, and agency kids get really into that right like like yeah uh, it, it doesn't feel like they're being talked down to there's a lot to, to like there uh here harry just seems like a child like he's like oh i hope they're i hope they're wondering 
where's Harry Potter? Like, <laughs> I, I bet everyone's looking around going, where's Harry? Like, like it is so, <laughs> so weird. And like, he, he's like, well, I've been defeated. I'm going to be mildly inconvenienced <laughs> by riding back to London on this train. It's just a really weird, uh, weird I sensation. I wish that it had been refocused because I think that he has a good sense later on of, of, feeling embarrassed and yeah. so i wish that his strife here would have been more grounded in reality as it should be as a 16 year old and he might feel like his world is over but he might feel like it's over because he has to be found like petrified and bleeding on the ground because he got beat up by his rival. Draco malfoy right and that's yeah. so embarrassing oh that's the end of the world like i'm gonna yeah. go listen to my chemical romance about how horrible that is <laughs> mm -hmm. exactly yeah, there's definitely yeah, there's definitely room for him to like, you know, be overly catastrophic about this. Uh, it's just weird that that is manifested in this like weird childlike like, oh no, I hope, I hope I get to school on time. This is yeah, the worst. it's a lot of like him thinking through what the other students are doing. Like suddenly he's very like. Uh, have, puts a lot of emotional meaning on the like carriage ride to the school, and mm -hmm. it feels really bizarre. Yeah, the muffled yells of laughter issuing from whichever carriage mm. Malfoy was riding in, which it could be recounting his attack on Harry. He's like, "Oh, I bet they're all, I bet they're all <laughs> making fun of me." And the care, it's it's really, yeah, it's 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 strange. And then Tonks appearing to save the day, no consequences, fixes his nose, uh, uh, takes him up to the school. I have, this is maybe the most nitpicky nitpick in the world, but I, I have, I have to point this out about Tonks in this book. Sure. Does J.K. Rowling think that, like, people who dye their hair couldn't possibly be depressed? Does... Does she, like, not know what subcultures that came from, generally? I wish that this had been way more um, rooted in comedy, in that I wish that, like, Tonks had gone goth or something. Yes! Oh my god, yeah. If, 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 if Tonks had, like, used her transformation powers to just go, like, full, like, <laughs> the craft or something... That would be fantastic. Like she, because that's that's her personality to me is that she has a very big personality, right? Yeah. So it's so it's like if she's sad or depressed or whatever, it would make sense that it would be she would feel that hugely and express it because that's her that's her thing is that she expresses herself and yeah. the fact that she expresses this by being plain is it's a choice, but I. I don't like it very much. It's it's we it's weird. I I I yeah. I I think you're right. I think it's it's I I kind of have this expectation that Tonks, uh, uh, is very expressive and and her her just kind of being like, mousy and and that that's the word it keeps using is mousy and like brown and messy and I'm like well like yeah I guess that's a good description of a depressed person but I certainly didn't like see that Tonk, when, when, it, when we first see her in book five, and it's like, yeah, she's got piercings and purple hair, and she's wearing, like, cool boots or whatever. I definitely didn't go like, ah, a non-depressed person. No no depressed person could possibly dye their hair. It's really, it's really a, a strange uh, 
choice i guess to like choose this as the uh as the way to like visually represent this change in her life this is this is probably extremely galaxy brain so i'm gonna apologize in advance Mm. um but i i think that that combined with her patronus changing is um a theme that comes up a lot in harry potter that i really don't like and it is that um it's almost like the any kind of rom- romantic entanglement or like true love or 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 whatever or issues that that ensue from that like fundamentally like you are not yourself if you are not with your true love yes totally yeah yeah they're the it's it's especially weird with the with the patronus stuff because this is now like the second change to what a patronus is and does uh like so in in book three super effective uh it is a it is a, a manifestation of a happy memory in defiance of like crushing like reality right like mm-hmm. like, like it, it it's a it's a, a very simple visual metaphor it's fantastic mm-hmm. uh book five it is a defense question mark spell um that takes the shape of whatever funny animal you like uh, yeah yeah whatever animal you like the most at the zoo <laughs> uh the weird thing about that being i i realized this last night thinking about this and going over my notes is that i i i had this revelation that like harry taught everyone patronuses in book five did anyone use one did did a patronus get used by anyone who taught who was taught one in book five or was it just to show what a cool teacher he was that is a good question i do not i do not think it was ever used yeah i don't think i don't think any dementors showed up i don't think neville fired a patronus anyone in the ministry i'm pretty sure it just was used as a like ah this is a hard lesson it is a it's a fancy defense spell okay but we didn't even see the lesson (laughs) we didn't even get the scene of harry being like what's your best memory it's got to be better than that or like ooh, that's good it's uh i can't we can't keep talking about the patronus lesson no we have to because obviously no no now i'm spiraling out of control here because i also just realized like like the the thing with harry's patronus lesson in three is mm-hmm. that that he keeps thinking of like superficial stuff? Like he's like, right. oh, uh, I I scored a Quidditch goal real good. Uh, I got a cool broom, right? Like he's remembering all this stuff, and 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 Lupin is like, no, 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 you got to dig deeper. You got to find something more substantial. And then it's the like like oh he he finally realizes like oh when I realized that there was something more in my life than living at the Dursleys, right? Yeah. Uh, what is, and, like, that conversation takes several lessons, because Harry is, like, opening up to Lupin, uh, and Lupin is, like, an exceptionally good teacher, he's connecting with this, this, uh, this, you know, his, his friend's son, right? Like, wow, that re- sounds like a really good story yeah, you're describing g- great to story, and I'm realizing, and I'm sorry, I'm just, like, walking through this, and realizing, like, what, because, because you're right, we never see that Patronus lesson. Then Harry is, like, what, is he going around to, like, Michael Corner, and asking, like, hey, Michael, <laughs> you fucking dipshit that I hate, uh, what's your, like, tell me your, like, deepest, 
most like vulnerable thought that you have, please. And then we can work on shooting a, a I don't know, a, a, a duck out of your wand <laughs> with that. <laughs> like, was that? <laughs> hey, Cho, I know that we're, 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 we've had kind of a kind of a rocky history here, but what is your your deepest desire and and most happy memory? <laughs> Good first date questions <laughs> with your student. Oh no, um, so that's all weird. And then now that brings us to Tonks in the sequence where they're walking up to the castle and she sends a Patronus as a communications device. Yes. So. Now, Patronuses are just whatever the book needs them to be. It's whatever. I guess. It's just just whatever the book needs them to be. And Tonks, who is, by this book's, like, very strong uh, uh, definition, is, like, just terminally fucking depressed right now. (laughs) Uh How is she casting one? I don't know. Right? Like, how the fuck is she casting? If, 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 if Tonks is like not setting her alarm in the morning, she's, she's got a depression room. She hasn't taken her dishes out of her room. She, she's, she's watching, uh, 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 she's going on Reddit and reading about unsolved crimes all night, uh, and getting really depressed. And she's like, she's like, oh, I can't even bother to, to dye my hair. I'm so sad. How is right. she? casting a patronus like like the patronus just does not fucking mean anything anymore now now i guess it's a now i guess it's just like sending an owl but cooler looking maybe it's like once you do it one time you can do it forever <laughs> you can just do it forever even if you feel like you have nothing left to live for you're, you're like i could i could jump on front of this hogwarts express right now but i can still right. cast a patronus right <laughs> it's so weird i t- i I do not understand it. It's it's a bummer. And this is going to come up more and more because I know I actually forgot that this was uh, introduced in six because I the the Patronus thing I remember is in seven when Kingsley sends one to the Weasley wedding. Right. Like th- this is just a thing now is that Patronuses can carry messages. I just I don't I don't get it. I don't like it. I It bums me out thinking about like the best thing from the third book being repurposed into like this weird video game mechanic. It is very strange to me. Do they like talk with your voice? Yes. they. Th- so that I do explicitly remember. Cause like a, 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 it's like a deer or something or a horse appears uh, at the Weasley wedding and like speaks in Kingsley's voice that the ministry has fallen or something like that. I, I thought that like it was really hard to do. So like not everyone can do it, but everyone can do it. Everyone it can do seems it. seems like. Um, so why do they use owls? <laughs> maybe, maybe Patronuses are like Snapchat, like they because they delete. The, you know, they are, they de- I mean, they are like Snapchat. You're right. Yeah, they delete themselves. You know, you see it once, and then they delete, and then they delete themselves, and 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 that's that. Uh, right. But I, yeah, I don't get it. I don't understand what what function this serves. Th- this feels like this was this function was invented because. Joe had written herself into a corner, realized that, like, oh, well, Dumbledore's got the castle locked up tight, so they're not going to be able to get Harry in late, so we've got to find a way to send a message in. I know. I'll, sh- I'll, th- th- sh- I'll shoot it out of my wand, and it'll get there. 
I I don't know why she's so scared of like writing attention into the story. Like I know the issue and the reason that that um, Patronuses are used is like because owls aren't um, like safe because they can be intercepted. Right. Um. What if that was like a risk? <laughs> yeah. What if you or had- a ten- or like what if or they had to develop like a code. What if that happened? Because I don't think that ever happens. I don't think I, everyone always says like, "Oh, damn, uh, the owls can be intercepted," but I don't think an owl ever is intercepted. Right. It's just like a thing that they say happens, but like no no character ever has to deal with the consequences of having their owl intercepted. You know, like like it's it's just a a spoken thing. Uh, but but then it could just also never like this doesn't have to come up. You know. <laughs> I, uh... <laughs> Yeah, it's it's completely nonsense. But there's a silver lining here, and it's that uh, the other end of the message is received by Mr. Snape, and boy, howdy, do we get a just full serving of delicious, delicious Snape content here. I love Snape so much. He's so good. He is such a bitch. He's so powerful. It's so... It is so absurd. Like, it, it just... It is... It is so silly, and I feel like this is the benefit of reading this as a grown up mm-hmm. and no and and being able to read the absurdity of a grown man <laughs> like walking out of a feast specifically to say to someone that he knew in high school, I guess, like, hey. Um, heard you're dating a loser now. <laughs> he's so good. Uh, he is, he's, he, I mean, like, he is, he is just awful. And it's, but he is awful in such a, like, characterful way, right? Like, it is, it is so fun to read him in this way and realizing that, like, he is not the, like, uh, stoic supervillain that like Harry kind of imagines him as he's just like kind of a like a messy adult it is uh, it's so good that like no one this is something you brought up that I thought was really really uh, smart which is that like no no other characters like give Snape the uh, satisfaction of like responding to his bullshit right like everyone just accepts it. Everyone knows that this yeah, is what Snape is like. Yeah, because it's crazy. Like if someone that I knew in high school like came at me like this, I wouldn't be <laughs> mad. You'd like, be like what mad the fuck? would be the last thing on. Yeah. I would just be like, "What are you talking about, dude?" Yeah, yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Snape is just like, uh, um, I I don't know. I I, I like like. Uh, like he's he's melodramatic he is theatrical i love 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 this conversation he is it's not even a conversation because harry's not responding but like he keeps saying to harry like bet bet you thought you (laughs) were making a cool entrance by showing up late huh and like this is the guy who ran down three flights of stairs to get into (laughs) a classroom before someone he knew in high school was there so he could turn around dramatically to say like oh Guess you want to use the staff room, huh? Like, <laughs> Snape is projecting so hard right here. And Harry... I, I love ha- it. He's so good. But, like, Harry has no... Harry just f- takes the bait every single fucking time. 
Like, no matter how ridiculous or how hypocritical or, like, how dumb whatever Snape is saying is, Harry just, like, falls for it every time. Uh, and yeah. that's really, really funny. I mean, I I love that Snape is so immature. And the way that he acts in his life, like, he he, he is just a teenager forever. He's so caught up in, like the high school drama that he was caught up in. And literally the only people that that works on is Harry and Sirius. (laughs) Yeah. His, 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 his bitter rivals, a 16 year old (laughs) and a guy who was in prison for 10 years. (laughs) Like, it's like, I bet you'll fall for my bullshit. Um, you were in torture prison for 13 years. So (laughs) you have no, you have no defenses against me. Yeah. He, yeah. Yeah. We, we are, our feud has been on hold for over a decade and, and you've had nothing but time to stew on this. Like I have, <laughs> like I, b- b- whereas like state, like, like he has a job and like a house and he's still on this <laughs> bullshit. Like Sirius has an excuse, right? But like Snape is just, there's no excuse. Snape is just Snape. He is, he is on his fucking shit for no real reason. <laughs> it is a delight to read. Like I said, like just, just this whole sequence with him being like, like, Oh, uh, Harry, famous Harry Potter, uh, loves loves to be dramatic. Loves to make a fucking spl- <laughs> like like this could be. Uh, there's so many, there's so many things Harry could like poke holes in, uh, in this in this conversation, right? But he doesn't. Harry just like takes it all at face value. He's so fucking mad. He hates Snape so much, and he he, <laughs> he it rocks. It rocks so much. Snape is the best character in this series. He he really brings out something fun in every interaction, and you're right, like, Harry being so angry in this moment, and just the, the idea that Snape is being so absurd, and Harry's response basically being like, you are the worst, most cruel person I have ever encountered <laughs> in my life. <laughs> Harry, Harry is madder about Snape than he is about Voldemort. Like, oh, yeah. like Voldemort, Voldemort, like, like crawled out of a cauldron and like kicked him with his gross little feeties and like du- tried to duel him in a graveyard after murdering his classmate. But Harry <laughs> is like more steamed by this like overgrown teenager telling him like, uh, bet you, uh, bet, uh, uh bet, <laughs> bet. <laughs> Bet you can't beat me in zip zap zop, you fucking nerd. Like he he's just like getting owned by this theater kid constantly. It's so good. <sighs> I love it. I love it so much. Bless bless Snape. Snape is victorious here in that he has rescued <laughs> this chapter for me. He's had he's had an entire summer dealing with people that are unfazed by him, and he's like he gets that Patronus, and he's like, "Fucking finally, finally, Harry Potter is here. I'm gonna get under his skin." <laughs> well, it's not only that; like, he has been living in the he's like like been living in a fancy house, bossing Wormtail around all summer. He's like, "Wormtail, <laughs> Wormtail, bring me the bring me the fucking elf wine, please." And now he can't do that. He has to bully Harry Potter. It's like, oh, this is great. This is, I love that he still has this energy. After his um, encounter with Narcissa, where he is like made, you know, he's made like a very serious, like 
commit like committal to his like double crossing plan right yeah he'll die he'll he's, die if he doesn't do it yeah he, he'll he, drop dead the, the stakes the stakes are very high for snape at this point in the story but he's still got it he, yeah, he he's is, not he's not thinking about that he's like what can i say to harry potter and the best thing he comes up with is like so you wanted some attention huh <laughs> just can you because like the description of Tonks' Patronus is that, like, it, like, went up into the school and, like, the tower or whatever, like, like, because I know that they were at the feast, but, like, did, did the Patronus, like, come over to Snape while he was eating dinner and, like, <laughs> tell him this? Or did, what, did he, like, catch it in a hallway or something? And was he, like, thinking in his head all that time was he like walking for you know he he he, like steps up from the dinner he's like excuse me i have to go deal with something and he's like (laughs) steepling his fingers as he walks and he's like what's what's the best fucking thing first of all what's the best thing i can say to tonks uh (laughs) your uh, patronus looks so stupid yeah your patronus looks stupid now i like the old one better uh perfect nailed it okay i'll say that as soon as the door opens what am i gonna say to harry potter Ooh, i have so many options here like was he just like thinking about this the whole time oh i love him he's so good (sighs) we love snape we do (laughs) anyway they get to the hall harry goes and sits down uh he has missed a dinner rip to him um what do you think of like all the Dumbledore stuff and the and the teacher shuffles and, and whatnot? Like, what's what, what's your take on this drama here? I think that the sinister Dumbledore stuff is still really fun. It's I think, cool. I think his hand being dead is like a really cool thing. I love it. I I'm so. I was thinking the other day again about how cool how cool that like theory we came up with was like oh what if what if like the whole thing here was that he was he was an inferior or whatever right mm-hmm. now like he was being mind controlled or like oh he's di- his body is dying and like there's a there's a limited time that he has to like execute his plan before he becomes full zombie or whatever mm-hmm. uh, there's so many cool things that they could do here I was thinking about the image of him like being unfazed when spiders were crawling all over him. Like, how scary there really, that is. There is such a horror aspect to this. Like, a there's something wrong here that yeah. I love. Like, that's extremely my shit. I, I love that. I um, I should really find it some, some good horror books to read. I feel yeah. like I'm in that headspace right Hell now. Yeah. Um, I don't know if it's going to deliver on that. I don't know how much of that is me reading into it. <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. It feels like it's there though it feels so point like the, the the dead hand thing especially considering how much in fury have been brought up in this book uh-huh uh as we pointed out seemingly out of nowhere uh everyone forgot about the zombie armies until just now right it feels i don't know if it's like was this was this all intentional to be a red herring you're like oh no dumbledore's a zombie the whole book or um is this just like a like a happy coincidence or i guess not even a happy coincidence like a frustrating coincidence where it's like the most obvious cool twist just you know happened by coincidence here and, right and never came to be i i'm very curious to see how this stuff plays out 
Yeah. Otherwise, it's good. Um, I I liked um when Draco is like deliberately ignoring Dumbledore's warning about um Voldemort, and he's yeah. he described as floating a fork in disinterest, which I guess is like the wizard version of looking at your fingernails. <laughs> <laughs> or like playing with your pencil or something. Yeah. Yeah, like I thought that was cute. Um So, I mean, it's good. Um the one thing that I am going to be a little bit picky about is that it it irritates me that it is taken as true that it, it was Snape's desire, like long-held desire to be the defense against the dark arts teacher. I liked it much more as like an ambiguous rumor, like a thing that everyone knew, yeah. but it maybe wasn't the whole truth. Right. But yeah. it seems to be just like literally true now. <laughs> the phrase his heart's desire. His gets heart's used, desire. Which is I th- so yeah, funny. I think I think I I think I said that in my summary because it just like struck me as so like like don't come out and say that. <laughs> yeah, that, that's a bit that, that that's in the same category to me as the like, oh, uh Slughorn is like a spider with a web, right? Like it's very it's too much. I get it. I understand it. Like I, 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 I don't need, I don't need that specific of a metaphor to grasp this, right? Right. Uh, but otherwise, no. I, I like, I like this twist. I like that. You know, everyone's shocked about this, and and like in, in hindsight, it's obvious, right? Like, like. Slughorn I, I like, is the least uh, defense against the dark arts ass teacher that they've had yet. Like, it, it, it makes total sense. Um, right. It's, it's a, it's a cute reveal. I like that um, Harry got so wound up on his walk and and got bullied by Snape that he couldn't hold in standing up and yelling, no. <laughs> no! <laughs> oh, God. Snape, Snape is living in Harry's head rent-free. It is good. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> um, the part that I love a lot less is how dumb Harry's friends are. and And also just like... How unnecessary, or like, it's not even that it's unnecessary, it's it's like actively frustrating that Ron and Hermione being prefects just causes, like, narrative problems. Like, But in, for no reason. Yeah. It's for, for no reason. Right. It, it is, it's not like... And maybe it'll get here. I, I, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe it'll like become more specific as the book goes on, and it'll be about this. But like so far, it has this weird thing of like, like, <laughs> it's almost like she forgot that she made them prefects, and like they just they kind of have to do like perfunctory stuff. Like, oh, well, we can't have we can't talk on the train because we've got to do prefect stuff. Uh, can't talk to you after dinner. We've got prefect stuff to do, but it's like it's not like part of their story, really. It's just that they have to go do it because we've been told they're prefects. Um, and it's not like Harry being like, "Oh, I miss my friends. I don't have any time with them anymore." It's not really that. It's just like, uh, "Oops, uh, Hermione needs to go for the rest of this chapter." It's very odd. Yeah, and it ends up feeling like they're being written out of the book. Yeah, it's like it's like it, it's like they're being replaced by like Neville and Luna. Cause Neville and Luna are always like there when they're mm-hmm. gone. Yeah, yeah, they they they're serving that same purpose. But again, it could I mean it could be this could be intentional and it could all come together in a really interesting way. Like oh, Harry is sort of like replacing his friend group with similar people, uh, and 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 like moving like processing 
like so having less time to spend with friends that way but it doesn't really feel like that's intentional or like even serendipitous like unintentional at this point it just feels like like oops uh hermione needs to go now and and it's it's clumsy i think I wanted to scream reading the conversation that Harry has with Ron. It makes me so angry. It is so stupid. Um, Ron doesn't believe that Draco could be plotting something. <laughs> with Voldemort, Why I guess, not? is the... Why? No one, no one in this book, not Ron, not Dumbledore, not Tonks, not Hermione, not any of the people, not especially not Arthur, which we'll, we will get to, because I, I definitely want to talk about the Arthur conversation again uh, after reading this one. Um, no one has any reason to doubt what Harry is saying. Zero. Lucius Malfoy is in Azkaban for doing Voldemort crimes. Uh, right. Harry and Ron nearly blasted draco into little pieces and his mom in a clothing store because they were uh because he was saying racist stuff to them uh he he's hanging out in nocturne alley uh there is there is zero reason why the malfoy family would not be insanely suspicious right now to everyone and it is so weird that the response harry is getting is like I don't know if Dumbledore would recruit a teenager when one that, I mean, that's absurd, right? Well, and, and, and I'll get to that, but then two, the obvious answer is right in front of us, which is like, why is it, why is it that everyone's just like, I don't know, man, this seems dumb. Why don't you drop it? And why is it not like someone like grabbing Harry by the throat and like like dragging him into like a a shadowy corner and going like hey you've got to stop running your mouth about the Malfoy family like they know people like 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 if you think that Lucius being in jail solves this problem like you are a stupid idiot right like 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 there there's for this a book that's supposed to be out this like climate of fear no one's really all that scared of anyone no. Like, the Malfoys have connections with, like, every Death Eater family. If Harry's, like, running his mouth about, like, the Malfoy kid, like, he, like, 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 the, like the, the impression that I get is that, like, the Death Eaters, like, the, the core families are, like, the mob, right? Like, more or less? I guess? Like, 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 you know, if, if Harry keeps on saying this shit, he's going to get in serious trouble with some very powerful people. But that is too much of a consequence i guess and so it needs to be that everyone is stupid and 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 doesn't believe that malfoy could possibly be up to anything bad i mean i guess that would be hard to have his stakes when he already is like wanted like voldemort's already kind of got a bounty out on him Mm. and he and voldemort's like like the worst of of all of them (laughs) um and it seems to be not working um but i i just I don't know where this disbelief is coming from when, like, all pieces of evidence point to the contrary, right? Mm-hmm. Like. <laughs> the the Arthur conversation, you said something yesterday when we were kind of going over this that, like, really just fucking threw me. 
because it's completely true and i i I just like never considered this arthur weasley not believing that uh, uh voldemort would recruit a teenager is the most unbelievably dumb thing possible when his own daughter was mind controlled by <laughs> a book to do she, Voldemort crimes. She was 11. She was 11 and she was recruited and mind controlled by Voldemort to kill students at the school with a giant snake. Yeah. I, 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 how, how is he not concerned about Harry's suspicion how is how is he not being like oh shit like yeah honestly the response should the response shouldn't even be like oh oh my god harry you're so right it should be like yeah duh (laughs) yeah yeah obviously we are watching the malfoy family i work at the ministry right like (laughs) we we know only one of them is in jail but we know that they're all fucking death eaters because like they were they knew that they knew that the Malfoys were dirty in book two, right? Like like they were like, yeah, we're doing raids on the Malfoy Manor all the fucking time trying to catch them doing shit. Like, right. like, like they're they are constantly aware of of the Malfoys being up to no good. Him suddenly being like, ah, I don't know. I don't know about that. Well with the school. He's only um attacked it in the most like circuitous, dumbest ways possible for the last five <laughs> years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Arthur pulling Harry aside and being like, you know, just let Voldemort have this one. You saw how bad his last plan was. <laughs> just let him have this one. I He's... mean, it's just it wants it wants us to think something about Voldemort that just isn't true. Like, he, it, it's almost like it is invested in us thinking he wouldn't be interested in the school or Harry Potter or the students at the school. When we know, like, like it's like, it was not that long ago that he planted a teacher at the school to rig a tournament the entire school year long <laughs> in order to plant a portkey trophy to transport Harry <laughs> to a graveyard to kill him. Like, I don't think, I do not think he's above having Draco Malfoy repair some two-way cabinets (laughs) do you think do you think that when malfoy pitched that to voldemort he was like ah i already tried the teleportation in the school thing (laughs) it was a fucking oh it was a fucking nightmare i had to i had to rig this competition i had to like get a get a fake teacher in there i had who had to pretend to be another guy he had to make polyjuice every day uh, it's just not worth it unless you can like really sell me on this (laughs) like just imagine just imagine like death eater shark tank like voldemort is just like inviting all these death eaters in to pitch like their harry potter murder scheme that would be incredible <laughs> just like okay uh, uh uh rookwood tell me what is what is your plan <laughs> for getting for getting harry potter and rookwood's uh, like what if you put pictures of a hallway in his head all year <laughs> and then uh, maybe he'll go there, and then we could get him. <laughs> He's gonna be really fascinated by an orb in a hallway, and that'll get that'll get him to the ministry eventually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and then Draco Malfoy comes in. And he's like, "Uh, what if? Okay, hear me out. My friend <laughs> got stuffed in a locker last year, and <laughs> when he got out of the locker, he was in Nocturne Alley." So, what if 
uh, I repair these lockers and we put them somewhere in the school and we can send guys in <laughs> one by one in this closet uh, and then they can kill Harry Potter. And he's like, and Voldemort's like, oh, this is, this is incredible. This is, this kid, this kid fucking knows what he's doing. This is that, fre- this is what I've been telling you guys about. We need some fresh ideas in here. Everyone listen to this. <laughs> Everyone take some lessons from young Mr. Malfoy here. He knows what he knows the fucking score. I, I think that must be what happened. <laughs> Voldemort would never do that. Voldemort would never do this. He's very smart. Not only is he smart, he's honorable. He would never mm. use a child. <laughs> he would Yeah, you, you have to be 18 to join the Death Eaters. <laughs> Voldemort's most famous in this world for trying to murder a baby like i just don't get it i don't <laughs> i don't understand why people are like ah, i don't know he he doesn't seem like he'd use a kid like what do you he's fucking... just not he's just not the type <laughs> he tried to shoot a child with a gun like i just i don't i don't get it i don't understand why everyone is so oblivious it's it's so so frustrating it it, it only it's so mechanical, I think, is the problem. It, it is so... It is It is only in the story so that we can have the exact same story beats we got last time with no one believing that Voldemort was back. And now it's like, now nobody believes it. Malfoy's up to no good. And it's like, okay, here we go. This is the same thing. It's so boring. Yeah. It's It's not... It's not like... It's, it's, it's not frustrating. Like, there, there was a... There was a part... You know, as as wobbly as Order of the Phoenix was, there was a part I appreciated about that like storyline where it was like I I liked that Harry, you know, was like alone in this, and you know, I only had a few people who believed him, kind of taking it on faith, and like you know, him having to deal with being the you know being the only one who knows the truth. I'm like I I sort of a- appreciated that because it felt like an intentional thematic like roadblock he was hitting in the story right here it's just kind of like why doesn't anyone believe this the roadblock that harry faced in book five like there was like an ideological basis for it on the part of the other characters uh harry believed something and was like evangelizing an idea that was like scary to people and it was like interrupting the status quo and and people had like a vested interest in not believing that Voldemort is back. And it's like, an, you know, it's, it's an inconvenient truth. Um, here, no one has any reason not to believe this. In fact, if anything, people should maybe be like b- more eager to believe things that might not be true. Like this could be a, a story about Harry spreading like really dangerous rumors about someone at the school right like like you know there, there's that angle to it there's so many ways you could take this that would be like interesting and about the you know about the climate of fear that hogwarts is now but it's not it's harry is right and everyone is wrong again but for that is zero very reason. interesting um and something that i hadn't considered and feels like a kind of similar reversal to this idea that like the um incumbent president prime minister uh would not want war to get reelected, right like it's like the it's it is the reverse like people are for some reason acting less paranoid in this climate of fear and less and less willing to <laughs> yeah. believe 
in like a bad actor than they otherwise would be because because that's the real like like yeah i think about ron right as a character very um not a very focused character i suppose um but when i think Mm -hmm. back on the other books and oftentimes this was wrong but it was always like i think draco's up to something and ron was like hell yeah let's let's stop him or or whatever (laughs) and now all of a sudden he's like oh no that couldn't be true and it's just it doesn't make sense and there's like maybe the bones of a story here and i don't know if i'm just like completely making this up or if this is what it is going for and if it is i think it's done very poorly but this idea that ron is like try because ron is going to have like a budding romance in this book that he's trying to be more mature and this is an expression of that like he's try he's trying to be more grown up mm. and he's like when i was in second year i would have believed you and would have thought malfoy was behind everything but now that i'm i'm older and more mature i am taking like the mature position on this but it makes no sense yeah it no it is it is is total nonsense and like the the that's a really interesting point about ron um and i i i uh, there's the other angle this could have taken more like i would believe i would believe that ron would be skeptical if this was about anyone else and i almost wish and like this is like big time big brain you know rewriting this book on the fly stuff here but i almost wish that like harry was suspicious of like a gryffindor or like a character that we Mm -hmm. knew and liked rather than draco malfoy like if this was about harry if this was like i don't know Seamus is being shifty. Angelina Johnson is being shifty. Like like any other character that we have some connection to, where Ron is like, I don't know, man. Right? Like like if 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 there was any other uh anything here that would like make everyone responding to Harry acting like he's being a crank make some sort of sense here yeah even if the draco stuff was kept intact but but someone else like oh seamus is acting shifty i bet he's working with malfoy right or or like oh what if it's like you know because because something that we know from these books is that like inter-house friendships are sort of rare right like there are a couple of like ravenclaw gryffindor friendships but like if 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 some tertiary gryffindor character was like friends with malfoy now and Harry is like, I bet these fuckers are up to something. And it was like sowing discord like in the Gryffindor ranks, right? Like, I, I don't know. Like, I, I could see that being super interesting. Uh, and like that being reasonable for Ron to be like, okay, dude, you've got to like step back from this. You are like way too paranoid. Uh, that could be kind of interesting. But instead, it's like, why does anyone doubt that Draco Malfoy, who at age 12 was like, threatening to murder uh or not even not threatening to murder but like there's that scene in the second book where like uh uh you'll be next mudbloods mm-hmm. is written on the wall right or oh no no he no says it's, it's, that it's when something he sees the, yeah the, the, the chamber of Secrets. he says you'll be yeah he said he, he's like shouting wizard slurs 
in a crowd of people at age 12 and he's like hell yeah the the, uh, the muggleborns are all gonna fucking die i love this like he, he he is well known as a like violent wizard right racist. i i mean i and mean they you, went and like I, talked to him in the southern common room in a disguise and he's like yeah, I'm not murdering them, but I sure wish I was. I hope they die soon or whatever. Like, whoa. Yeah, I hope Hermione dies soon. Yeah, like he he's he is intense. He is he has chugged that Kool-Aid, right? Like he is you know, uh, uh, yeah, there's there's no ambiguity with Draco Malfoy at this point. I know that we get there eventually, apparently. Um I don't, maybe, I don't know about that. But 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 he is he is uh at least as far as we know at this stage in the story there is nothing well, it seems redeemable like the, about the thing him. that nothing, people no- won't believe is like it's like Voldemort it's it seems couched completely in what Voldemort is willing to do right <laughs> right yeah yeah like yeah which which again is just so funny cuz it's like how how do people not have like a immediate suspicion of Slytherin. Slytherin as a whole, honestly, but like Draco Malfoy, the arch Slytherin. Um, how how could you know in the in this in this you know climate of paranoia? How is how is everyone just like? Yeah, I mean, no, at the no, ver- no. at the very like, least, even if Draco, fine. I mean, this isn't what happened, but even if Draco had gone had gone to Voldemort and been like, I I am so wizard racist and I want to do this this big violent plot at Hogwarts. Like why wouldn't Voldemort just be like, "Sure, whatever, dude." Like, okay. <laughs> yeah, go nuts. <laughs> we we know that Hogwarts is apparently like because of Dumbledore, Hogwarts is like some seat of power in the wizarding world, which is really funny to think about and like really silly, but like we we know that I mean, that here is, like, here's the list the story, of people who are obsessed right? with high like, school. Um Dumbledore Snape, Voldemort. Um, I feel like there's one serious. That's the list. They can't. They just can't. They just can't let it go. <laughs> Harry Potter is just seven books about the worst high school reunion ever for a bunch of characters. <laughs> the protracted seven-year high school reunion oh my God. for all the adult characters. But yeah, I I'm so baffled by this stuff and and I just I don't understand I really really don't understand why Arthur is not I, like this this book is like willingly bringing in the characters it would make the least sense to not be suspicious to tell Harry he's being too suspicious. Mhm. Like like how how does how does Arthur Weasley not like get arrested for like drop kicking Lucius Malfoy every time they see each right. other in public? <laughs> Draco's been masked off like sense. the entire time. Yeah, <laughs> the first thing he says to Harry Potter in book one is like, "Damn, I hope you're pure blood." Damn, I hope you're racist. Damn, I love being racist. Like, just like, that's that is the first thing he says. He just goes on a fucking wizard. I mean, I mean he spiel. really is like uh, the kid at your high school that's like a skinhead, right? And then it's like one year you're like, oh, it's gone from just like you suck a lot to like, oh, you're dangerous now. Yeah, yeah. He he's he is not. 
he has not matured. He has not like grown out of his like family's, uh, uh, you know, implanted ideals. You know, in, in deals that he has been imparted, he he has doubled down on that stuff, and now he is in a position to act on them, and no one cares. No, everyone is just like, "Oh, this is this is ridiculous." He would never. He would never. It's so strange. Um, Grop's fine though. Grop, Grop lives in a cave. Dumbledore set him up with a nice cave in the in the in the mountains. Um. I love this, not because I like Grop, but because I I know, I think that this is like the last table setting we get for Grop until it's time for him to appear at the Battle of Hogwarts. I think, I think, I think we just, we get a little check-in with him, like, oh, he's doing just fine, just out, just out of frame, right? Like, like, this is, th- this is, this is yeah, him for the rest of the series. He's got a cave. He's learning. He's good to talk, I guess, uh, and he's going to be Hagrid's assistant. So don't worry about that. Just t- that's tied he's, off he's... in a neat little bow. Don't ever think about that one again. <laughs> all, all done. I will say, I do. I did feel bad for Hagrid at the end of this chapter when, like, all the like Harry and Ron realize that like all three of them are not sad. taking his class anymore. I thought that was kind of it's kind of a sad moment for him, um, but. Also, uh, he's nearly killed them so many times. I do not blame. I certainly do not blame them for not taking his class anymore. But there's just like yeah, that's a it sure seems like me. yeah, like, it seems like maybe Hagrid. a specialty class. Like I don't think everyone just takes the animal class in in sixth year. Yeah, I I maybe I, mean, I I don't know how this shakes out if this even becomes like a, I I I don't I don't think there's any lasting drama with Hagrid, right? Like, uh, but I I. Imagine that, like, the easy excuse here, if they if they wanted to make excuses, is just like, yeah, I gotta take uh, this other elective. I gotta take right. I'm gonna be I'm gonna be a cop, so I have to learn about about ghoul studies. (laughs) I want to be an orer. I'm taking ghoul studies. Sorry, I I you know, hate hate it had to be your class that I dropped, but uh, I I gotta I gotta take all these other ones for my it's you know it's it's a graduation requirement. Who is taking care of magical creatures in their system? I don't know. There are like five Who, students. Like, like what is um probably <laughs> uh Zacharias Smith. Zacharias Smith. He's like, oh, I love Fantastic Beasts and where to find them. My favorite book. I absolutely need to take every year of care of magic i'm um rewinding a little bit only because i always like to laugh at the named characters Mm -hmm. that aren't characters but i the other part of this book right um this chapter that made me scream was when um uh tonks listed the aurors that are (laughs) that are uh at their posts in hogsmeade and it's just a list of two names we don't know and dollish and harry goes oh the (laughs) and dollish from from the trying to attack dumbledore it's like, oh yeah, I do remember that. Dollish, oh. who, who who could forget? Who could fucking forget about Dollish? Um, I don't know the uh the 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 thing with like the funny like like these name these named non characters that keep popping up is. I I can't decide whether it's charming or not, because it, it's it's it, it like it it became a thing in five, and it's clearly going to keep being a thing in six. 
Like, does Blaze the Beanie no ever idea. show up again? I assume that he'll be at the Slug if- Club. <laughs> we get, like we got Blaze the Beanie. We've got um, we got Michael Corner, who's uh, uh, no longer dating um, Ginny, but like he got name dropped earlier in this book. Uh, we we have so many characters who like I kind of wish we got to spend more time with, but also I am now I am now suddenly growing this like uh uh semi-ironic appreciation for just like the implied rolodex of knowledge <laughs> in harry's head where he's like oh oh dollish oh dollish yeah i remember dollish and i'm like damn i don't dude Good not, for you, though. Like, off, not because that I, he remembers dollish but that this book wants me to believe that he didn't know who luna was when he met her I know that's just for us, the reader, but come on. I don't mind it. I think that a lot of the time it's used well because they're like cute names and it makes the world feel more populated and and sometimes it feels natural. I think that the the line is that they can't, they can't matter to the mystery, right? Like don't have, don't have them do stuff off screen that is a clue. Right. Like all, all the stuff with, uh, with the like. I mean, it was just—it was just all the orders and Death Eaters in Book Five, and like the members of the Order of the Phoenix that were just a fucking nightmare to keep track of because they—they were actually doing stuff that was really important to the plot, right? Just off screen. Whereas there were there was others that I I, I did really like, like um, How- Howard Dingle, the like the like guy who was selling oh, yeah. concentration drugs. That was kind of funny. I like Dingle. That's a funny name. It's a funny like. One 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 use character like oh here's here's Dingle the Hogwarts <laughs> drug dealer like I kind of like I kind of like yeah. that one that's fine um but but Harry going like oh damn Dollish Dollish is here my man Dollish he attacked Dumbledore last year that's pretty cool like like that's that's really funny to me just the, just the this this idea that Harry does keep track of all these characters in his head that you know the characters that we meet that we that that, that he meets that we don't uh in his like exterior life uh outside of the the story is really funny because then we also get stuff like you were saying like he doesn't know who luna is like he he just is not aware yeah luna whose only character trait is that she stands out in a crowd (laughs) yeah that's her whole deal is that she's she's not like the exactly. other the other girls, but he he's not noticed. He's not really noticed. I guess I guess her hair must not be that that good. Oh yeah, he, I, he I think it's just it's just like hair. normal blonde hair. So she's not not interested. Nothing to remark about that. Nothing nothing worth nothing worth writing home about. Nothing worth sending a Patronus <laughs> home about. You know. Oh, is there anything else in this chapter, or shall we take a quick break and uh, come back with a little wizarding mm, that world to me. reading? All right, we will be back after the break. Hello, everyone, and welcome back. Um, we talked earlier in the show about how WizardingWorld.com Gold is not really like maintaining its end of the bargain, um, and I guess like eighty dollars not really a bargain, but it's you know nothing, nothing is left out at us as like, damn, 
we've got to get that. Except for that acrostic. Except for that acrostic. Um, but the good news is that on the free side of wizardingworld.com, they are still carrying the torch. They are still uh, 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 looking out for Pottermore fans who liked their silly listicles and weird uh, features they've they've kind of been going ham on some of these features recently does this surprise you yes totally it does because the um these aren't being posted on the twitter hmm. and also you have to scroll down to the bottom of the uh um wizardingworld.com website to even see these like if you go to wizardingworld.com right now it still has uh, the number one banner is the subscribe to Wizarding World Gold. Then the then below that, the three articles are the third Fantastic Beasts film one uh, ranked most significant wizard duels, and then an old one from Pottermore because I remember us reading this uh, at some point. An appreciation of knitwear in the Harry Potter films. But right. if you scroll all the way down to the bottom, you get to the real shit. Uh, uh, the weird editorials and we have two that we're going to read today because they're both fairly short but i'm going to give you a choice on which one we start with hmm. number one we have Sirius black and harry potter two peas in a snargaluff pod that is so tantalizing but also um my only like, I just want that to be about what we just read and analyzed, which is that both Harry and Sirius um, <laughs> are the only ones that take the bait when Snape has, like, stupid <laughs> shit to say. Uh, and then the other one is Stray Thoughts. When did characters first start seeing Thestrals? Mm, let's do that one first. We're, okay, so we want to learn when 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 every character saw death for the first time. Wonderful, yes. <laughs> all right. Because, like you, we love to ponder all things Wizarding World, we started to wonder when various characters from the Harry Potter series first started seeing Thestrals. Mm. Here's what this, here's where, excuse me, this stray thought took us. It's all right, said a dreamy voice from behind Harry Potter as uh, Ron vanished into the coach's dark interior. You're not going mad or anything. I can see them too. Oh, yes, said Luna, blah, blah, blah. Okay, so they just put the entire quote here as the beginning of the article. That's a good word count filler, for sure. Sure is. Um, and put... also just our good, our good jo the Joker intro to Luna. <laughs> uh, before we share our Thestral investigations, it's important to remember that the ability to see the carnivorous horses has two requirements. The first is easiest to remember, that the beholder has witnessed death. But the second, more complex requirement is that in order to see a Thestral, the Beholder must have gained an emotional understanding of what death means. Which... I would love to talk to a, like a biologist about a carnivorous horse. Fuck yes. I love the Thestrals. They're cool as hell. They're like cool dragon horses. Yeah. So witnessing death alone is not enough. It must be coupled with a deeper understanding. I think that this is actually a Pottermore special. I think that might have been one of the very first, like, J.K. Rowling writings on Pottermore. Because mm -hmm. that was a question she got a lot in interviews, was that, like, didn't didn't baby Harry see his parents get blown Which away is by such Voldemort? A, it is so bizarre to me that Harry doesn't say that. You know? Harry doesn't go, but I saw my mom die. Yeah. 
Yeah. He doesn't it, seem to think about how his parents were killed very often. <laughs> it doesn't really bother him all that much most of the time. You'll notice that we haven't included characters we know could see Thestrals and why. Harry, Luna, and Neville, for example. This stray thought isn't concerned with them. This time we're investigating some characters that we don't really know about for sure. Get ready, as Dumbledore would put it, to enter the realm of guesswork and speculation. Mm. My favorite realm, honestly. The flighty temptress of <laughs> speculation, <laughs> as Dumbledore would say. Yes. And Dumbledore is our first subject. Uh, Dumbledore lived a very long life, but sadly he wasn't very old when he became acquainted with death. On finishing Hogwarts, Dumbledore and his friend Elphias Doge... That's a really, <laughs> really good name. Mm-hmm. Alphias Doge were planning on traveling around the world, but on the eve of their departure, Dumbledore's mother, Kendra, died. But could Dumbledore see Thestrals after this? The problem is, we're not convinced that Dumbledore was actually home when his mother died. In Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows, he told Harry, I returned to my village in anger and bitterness. A return to Godric's Hollow really does sound like he wasn't there when Kendra died. Unfortunately, tragedy struck the Dumbledore family again not long after Kendra's death. Wait, he lived in Godric's Hollow as well, or was this conversation taking place in Godric's Hollow? I return to... This seems to imply that he lives in Godric's Hollow. Why does everyone live in the same neighborhood? (laughs) I return to my village. Why does every single character know every other character? (laughs) But Harry doesn't know Luna. Oh, there's some, I feel like there's some inbreeding problems in the wizarding world that's not, that aren't really being addressed. This feels like a real Habsburg situation, honestly. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, tragedy struck the Dumbledore family again not long after. Dumbledore's sister Ariana was killed in a fight between Aberforth, Dumbledore, and Dumbledore's ambitious new friend, Grindelwald. Oh, his friend. Mm. His ambitious his friend? friend. His ambitious friend. Uh, just, just, just guys being dudes. Oh. Uh, interesting. Dumbledore spent the rest of his life haunted by the guilt he felt about Ariana's death, so we think he probably gained a true emotional understanding of death's meaning from that early age. In addition, Hagrid told his magical care of uh, care of magical creatures class that when Dumbledore was taking a long journey and didn't want to apparate, he would ride a Thestral. An odd choice if he couldn't see them. Uh, I mean, like, yeah, it's probably when he saw Ariana die, but I also like the weird implication here that that his uh, mom dying didn't really give him a true understanding of what death means. Well, and maybe he wasn't there, so. <laughs> he wasn't there, so. Oh, that, mm, that's so convenient. That's how life works. If you're not there when someone dies, it's actually <laughs> not all that sad. You're like, oh, well, I didn't see it. That's That's an interesting part of the flip side of this, which is like, because everyone was like, well, why Harry saw his mom die, so why didn't he get to see them? And it's like, well, he didn't really understand death or didn't gain understanding about it. Can you see Thestrals if you gain an understanding of death but don't physically witness it? Like, is, right. is it like you are fulfilling both requirements? Hmm. Like, are, 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 yeah, do you have, do you have to do both or is it an either or? Can like mall goths who have thought about deaths a lot, death a lot, really, can they see them? Right, like a mall goth that like really thought about it a lot and reached reached a state of enlightenment mm-hmm. as a result. <laughs> yeah, they, they, maybe they can see them. I also, I, I, after reading the part where they say Dumbledore's ambitious new friend Grindelwald, uh, is Elphias Doge a former flame? 
of Dumbledore's because it says Dumbledore and his friend Alphaeus Doge were planning on traveling around the world. That thing you do with your friend. Yeah. We're just going to travel the world together. Perhaps. Me, I, me. I know the name Alphaeus Doge. I have no idea. I don't know anything about him. I don't know why he's in the story so much. His name is great. Yeah. Alphaeus, Alphaeus Doge. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rubius Hagrid. It would have been a little strange if Hagrid hadn't been able to see the Thestral herd that he looked after in the Forbidden Forest, but stranger things have happened in the Wizarding World. So just like Harry, Ron, and Hermione would, we investigated. It appeared that during his care of magical creatures lesson on Thestrals, Hagrid was able to see the creatures coming as well as touch them, even to the extent that he reached out to pat his favorite, Tenebris. But when did Hagrid start seeing Thestrals? That name. Tenebris. <laughs> really good name for the Death Horse. Um, we know that Hagrid's father died when he was young. Uh, but if he was away at school, it's possible Hagrid wasn't there when his dad died. I'm sensing okay, a running theme. So you have to theme. fulfill both requirements. You have to understand death, and also you have to watch it happen. You have to watch it happen. Because otherwise, literally everyone in the world would be able to see Thestrals, which I thought was kind of like the thematic point of them, right? Right, because like, it's like everyone has to reckon with that, right? Yeah. That's I thought like the part th of life. And that's Voldemort's problem is he will not reckon with it. And that's yeah. another question I have is like, could you see a lot of death with someone like Voldemort, like who has killed a bunch of people, but he like refuses to face the reality? Can he not see Thestral still? Yeah. Ooh, that's a really good point. I like that. God, imagine if this book was good, huh? Yeah. Maybe that'll come up in the seventh book. Probably instead, not. instead, the, the thing we would get if that was like addressed more is like, maybe the more death you see, the cooler the thestrals become <laughs> like they get they get new skins like like voldemort has seen so much death that his thestral has like it's got like a cool crown it's he like it's horse like armor? he unlocked horse armor <laughs> it has like an animated like icon <laughs> above it mm -hmm. it's it does a sick emote yeah he he's he's unlocked he, yeah he's He's seen enough death. He's really leveled that thing up. Yeah, when he sees the Thestrals, they like come in with like um like a Fortnite dance animation. <laughs> <sighs> we also know that Hagrid fetched baby Harry from the remains of the Potter house at the end of the first Wizarding War. Perhaps he witnessed death on other errands for Dumbledore during that dark time, and that's why Thestrals were visible to him. Hmm. Maybe. Minerva McGonagall. Now we know all about oh. McGonagall. Yeah. Oh, we do. I hope. I hope. I do hope we get some some Dougal lore here. We set out. Sorry, we set ourselves a challenge in Minerva McGonagall. Like Albus Dumbledore, she was an intensely private individual, perhaps owing to her childhood in an all-Muggle village where she was encouraged by her witch mother to hide her magic. Unlike Dumbledore, however, there was no the life and lies of Minerva McGonagall to point us in the right or wrong direction. What we did find out, however, was that tragedy struck Minerva after she started teaching at Hogwarts and might have meant she could see Thestrals from then on. After turning down his proposals of marriage multiple times, Minerva finally married her old ministry boss, Elphinstone Urquhart. Mm -hmm. Was was that pre or post Dougal? That was post Dougal because she broke up with Dougal because she couldn't be a witch if she married Dougal. And so she That's right. to do that. And then she went to work at the ministry where she the worked tragedy. under her boss... Uh, who was the head of all of the all of the cops, and then she married him years later before he was strangled by a plant? Is that what Ye I'm gonna learn? Yeah, I think that was bummer. Some... According to J.K. Rowling, their marriage was a very happy one and a period of great fulfillment for Minerva. 
very sadly, he died from an ac- accidental venomous tentacula bite. Yep, so you're 100% right. Uh, three years into the marriage, we don't know whether Minerva was actually present when this happened. <laughs> oh, no, oh, watch out. You're being bitten by that plant. Look out. <laughs> but she was so devastated that she couldn't bear to be alone in their cottage and fled to the Hogwarts castle and threw herself into her work. We might not know for sure whether she could see Thestrals, but knowing all this, we love her even more. I love her the same. I love her. She's good. Uh, Elphinstone Urquhart doesn't really factor into that for me. No. Severus Snape. Hmm. There isn't much doubt in our minds that Severus Snape could see Thestrals. Most memorably, (laughs) on one terrible night, he killed Albus Dumbledore. (laughs) But that was laid on in in Snape's slippery career working as a double agent. Uh, One interesting (laughs) observation is that when Dumbledore asked Snape to kill him instead of Draco Malfoy doing it, Snape protested. This might indicate that Snape hasn't murdered anyone before Dumbledore, but it still doesn't give us any clues about whether he'd previously seen death. It is likely that Severus Snape at least witnessed murders, given how many were carried out by Lord Voldemort many times before he came to power. But did he have an emotional understanding of what death really meant whilst hovering in Voldemort's shadow? We would guess that if he didn't, when Lord Voldemort married, made Lily Ellens his victim, those Thestrals would have come into sharp focus for Snape. <laughs> oh damn they killed lily fuck I'm, now i can see the horses say about this it is it is hilarious <laughs> top to bottom <laughs> lord voldemort so i guess we're gonna get an answer to our oh question oh my god yeah. maybe they're gonna be as as brain genius as me yeah uh, many would say that there's an easy answer when it comes to Lord Voldemort. He must have started to see Thestrals during his time at Hogwarts because he killed his father and grandparents and framed his uncle Morphin for it while still a student. Maybe Not when he kills ma- people, he closes his eyes. <laughs> He's like, ew, gross. <laughs> ew, icky. It's I gotta like he do understand- this. He understands death, but he hasn't seen it (laughs) he hates horses so he's like i don't want to see those fucking things (laughs) just squints uh there's got to be some wizard out there who has like god i'm just i just realized i'm in my head i'm gonna describe this to you but i just realized i have invented a really good character for the fantastic beasts movies wonderful um, which is a character who like has has made a like weird personal goal to never see the Thestrals because he. I cause love he, that. Like, like he's he's like maybe he's kind of like an you know he could even be kind of like a swashbuckler, kind of a bad boy. Like he's around death a lot, but he's like he's like weaseling out of everything because he's like I hate those fucking horses, man. I hate that shit. He I don't want to see like, it. Kind of like a reluctant rogue, kind of like Han Solo's arc in like the original trilogy. Yeah. Like doesn't want to get involved, but like the secret is is that it's because he doesn't want to see the Thestrals. It's he like I know I can't take this mission. I'm very likely to see someone die, so I can't yeah. do it. I don't want to see someone and it's like it's like both funny and like maybe, you know, there's a okay, you can play into like the metaphor of the Thestrals. It's like, oh he's just he's got it he's like so worked up about like how horrible a Thestral sounds. That he, like, he's built this up in his mind, when really he just needs to accept it. This is part of life. We just wrote a better Fantastic Beasts character than will ever ever appear in any of these movies. Uh, Lord Voldemort um, 
uh, almost certainly satisfied the first requirement. He wasn't just seeing death, he was bringing it about. But the question we have is, did he ever gain an emotional understanding of what death means? I'm a genius. You're a fucking genius. Can can someone so quick to end a life, whether by his own hand or on his orders, really understand what death truly means? Can someone who doesn't love really understand the significance of death? Kill the spare, Voldemort said of Cedric Diggory in Little Hangleton grave- Graveyard, but Cedric was loved and missed and mourned, all part of death. From what we know of the Dark Lord, it appears none of that would have crossed his mind? Question mark? <laughs> uh-huh. Now, here's a, good, here's, a, here's a good phrase for you that I am going to be using for the rest of my life. Uh-huh. On the other side of the nut, Lord Voldemort <laughs> created the Horcruxes in order to achieve his... <laughs> <laughs> On the other side of the nut is so good... <laughs> That's like, wow, when Lord Lord Voldemort had post-nut clarity, he created the Horcruxes in order to achieve his goal. (laughs) That's wonderful. He feared death. He snarled mid-duel in Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix. There is nothing worse than death, Dumbledore. Perhaps that meant he understood its significance too well. Death means lay down your weapons. It means your reign is over, the end of your power. And death came for Lord Voldemort at the last, no matter how hard he tried to outrun it. Despite Thestrals themselves being harmless, this stray thought led us to some of the darkest moments across the Harry Potter series and reminded us of the people some of our favorite characters loved and lost. If you're feeling down after all this talk of Thestrals, we'd like to remind you a piece of wisdom Dumbledore shared with Harry in his very first year at Hogwarts. To have been loved so deeply, even though the person who loved us is gone, will give us some protection forever. Some serious stuff. Some serious stuff. I can't believe that we you just completely called the Voldemort thing. Uh, a powerful meeting of the minds bet- between me and the, the Wizarding World writers. <laughs> I I still maintain that again, that would have actually been a really cool thing for Voldemort. Like, so many missed opportunities in this book. Ah, it could have been so cool if like the Thestrals had been used for something meaningful in Book Five, and it could have been a moment where Voldemort says like, "Get these things off of me," but he can't see them. He can't that see out. Cool. Yeah, fuck. That would have been sweet. All right, let's bounce on over to Sirius Black and Harry Potter, two peas in a Snargaluff pod. Mm. Uh, Harry is desperate to be his father's son, but does he actually share more similarities with his pad-footed godfather? He's not really desperate to be. <laughs> no, he likes it when Sirius says you were like James. But he doesn't yeah, really until know. Yeah, he doesn't like it. Yeah, yeah, he 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 stops liking it very quickly when he realizes what that means, right? Like, right. Yeah. Okay. Childhoods more stable than an uncursed, bro- or excuse me, childhoods more unstable than a cursed broom. Unlike James Potter, neither Sirius nor Harry were raised by loving parents. Harry was brought up very begrudgingly by his aunt and uncle, and suffered years of neglect and bullying before finally escaping to Hogwarts. Sirius was brought up by his own parents, but never fit in with the black family stereotype. He was sorted into Gryffindor, which doesn't get him many black family brownie points, and refused to accept their pure blood mania. Although Harry was only a child like his father, he didn't really grow up as one. More in common with Sirius, Harry was constantly reminded of how he didn't measure up to Dudley, just as Sirius was told that his brother Regulus was a much better son. Hey, uh, Sirius's brother, Regulus. Oh, Sirius's brother Regulus? Uh, Sirius's brother Regulus. Hello. 
Harry, just so you know. Uh, Sirius and Harry's home lives were so unhappy at points that they both ran away from home. Harry ran away after he blew up his Aunt Marge, and Sirius left for good at 16. And where did he go? The Potters. Wait, I just thought of something. Mm. I'm sorry. I don't mean to go back to our book discussion. Mm -mm. Real quick. Mm -hmm. All of the people that are skeptical that Voldemort would recruit a teenager were in school with other teenagers that got recruited to Voldemort. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I think Snape was recruited when he was like 16 or 17. Yeah. So they all personally know people that that happened to. Uh, only because Regulus did. So, uh, okay, sorry. Please no, continue. No. <laughs> the Marauder's Legacy. James Potter and Sirius Black weren't exactly model students at Hogwarts. For starters, they created a map that was effectively a tool to help them make mischief without getting caught. Uh, arguably, Sirius was the biggest rebel of them all. He owned a flying motorcycle, for goodness sakes. Oh, he owned a fucking motorcycle. <laughs> That'll be great in the CW show. Hell yes. When Harry was given the Marauder's Map by Fred and George in his third year, he was already breaking rules left, right, and center, thanks to his very own rule-breaking tool, his father's invisibility cloak. Sirius was delighted to find a fellow rebel in Harry, and Sirius lived vicariously through Harry's exploits at Hogwarts. Padfoot thoroughly approved of the underground defense against the Dark Arts group, Dumbledore's army, delighted that Harry was taking a stand against Umbridge. We'll never know whether James Potter would have encouraged the same kind of rule-breaking in his son, but Sirius and Harry definitely shared a certain disregard for towing the line. Again, until he didn't. Like, yeah, I don't know if I really agree with that read of any of it, to be honest. I didn't... That's, did Sirius approve of DA, the DA? Yeah, I mean, I think he was like, yeah, I mean, yeah, you should do it. Other people won't like it. Yeah, I, yeah, I, it's a weird one. Fiery tempers worthy of a Hungarian horntail. Here we go. Are we going to get some Snape, (laughs) some Snape clapbacks here? The very first time we meet Sirius Black was in a murderous rage, determined to kill Peter Pettigrew, disguised as a rat, who had betrayed Lily and James Potter. But this wasn't the only time we saw Sirius lose his temper. Snape, Creature, and even Mrs. Weasley all felt the heat of his temper. Yeah, I'm sensing a theme here. Hmm. And Harry isn't exactly cool-headed either. Remember that time when he shouted in glorious capital letters? I do. I do remember when characters shout in capital letters in Harry Potter, Wizarding World. It's (laughs) glorious. It's always glorious. It's a delight. Ron and Hermione for keeping him in the dark all summer when they'd been hanging out with the Order. And he couldn't just keep his anger for Umbridge under control at all, even after Professor McGonagall warned him of the danger. We don't know much about James Potter's temper, but we do know that he was the marauder who rescued Snape from a potential run-in with Lupin in werewolf form. Even though the two hated each other, perhaps he had a more rational head on his shoulders than Sirius or Harry? Question mark? We'll never know. We'll never know. He's dead. I guess they're both dead at this point. Fame is a fickle friend to both of them. Ooh, this feels like a good stretch. I like Mm. this one. James Potter was popular at Hogwarts, a great Quidditch player and head boy, but he wasn't more widely known until after his devastating death at the hands of Lord Voldemort. His son, though, experienced fame through Hogwarts and beyond, and his best friend Sirius Black's name was fame familiar to wizards and witches everywhere. He even made it onto Muggle TV. Harry and Sirius both suffered for their fame at one time or another. I feel like there is a large gulf between them. This is an interesting (laughs) line to draw. It is a, like, 
an interesting exercise to be like, what, like, find the similarities between Ariana Grande and Jeffrey Dahmer. Well, <laughs> they're both they're both famous. <laughs> Oh, God. For more of Harry Potter, for most of Harry Potter in the Order of the Phoenix, Harry was accused of lying about Voldemort's return in the Daily Prophet, and later he was targeted as undesirable number one by the Ministry of Magic. Uh, like, so yeah, it's like you go to your godfather and you're like, dang it, I had such a bad day at school. Everyone thinks I'm a liar. And it's it's on the news. And Sirius is like, yeah, it's on the news that I killed 13 people. <laughs> I'm, so I really know what you're going through. <sighs> you know, Sirius... You might be undesirable number one, but I'm I'm desirable number one. And you know what? I don't think those things are all that different. Like Sirius, Harry had to go into hiding when a price was put on his head in the Deathly Hallows. As a result, Harry and Sirius most likely learned to distrust the authority of the Ministry in a way that James never did. Because <laughs> he's dead. Died when he was like 18. 20, maybe. Transfiguring friends into family. Perhaps as a result of their unhappy upbringings, both Sirius and Harry's friendships run deeper than your average playground pals. Who is Sirius friends with? No one anymore. Ghost. Nearly headless Nick. Now, (laughs) I I guess. Uh, Arguably, James and Sirius acted like brothers as well as best friends, emphasized particularly by the fact that Sirius actually moved in with the Potters when he ran away from the Black family home. Sirius was also best man at James and Lily's wedding, a place often taken up by the groom's brother. Or or the groom's friend. <laughs> or the groom's friend. You know, those are kind of... <laughs> Not everyone has a brother. <laughs> this is... That's a weird... That's a weird distinction to make. Uh, Harry is similar in this way, and through his friendship with Ron, was adopted into the Weasley family to such an extent that Ron's mother sent him Christmas presents and thought of him like a son. Sirius and Harry's relationship is an interesting mix of friends and family, too. Sirius is Harry's godfather and sometimes treats him like a son, but at other times he seems to forget Harry isn't his best friend, James Potter. You're less mm. like your father than I thought, Sirius told Harry when he refused to risk Sirius's... This goes directly against one of their other examples, I'd just like to point out. Like, yeah we just had the like oh and they're both mara- they're, they both loved it when they broke the rules uh and meet his father godfather and hogsmeade a harsh put down that muddies the family friend boundary between them yeah mm, I, mm. Don't, I don't know i don't know about that read on that <laughs> brave gryffindors to the last Along with James, Harry and Sirius showed unimaginable courage in the face of evil. Sirius, still a wanted man, didn't hesitate to leave Grimmauld Place and go after Harry at the Ministry of Magic. Sirius was also determined to give Harry help and advice via Owl and in the Gryffindor fireplace throughout his time at Hogwarts, risking being- Damn, you ever think about how Harry went to go save Sirius and then Sirius had to go save Harry? Oh, shit. (laughs) Damn. You're right. Yeah. That's crazy. Just that feels a like a little food for thought. A little food for thought. That could be its own Pottermore article, I feel. Uh, yeah, I'm feeling like maybe I should be a writer for Pottermore. Hell yeah. Well, you, I mean, you called that other one like way before I got to the Voldemort section. So, I, yeah. Yeah, I could see that for sure. Harry stood up to bullies, fought dragons, and faced Lord Voldemort while still trying to attend classes at Hogwarts. And in the end, just like James and Sirius, Harry was willing to give up his life to protect the people and wizarding world that he loved. 
The end. They they both. They didn't explain what that pod is. I that's what I was waiting for this whole time. Oh, the the scargle. Yeah, what is a scargaluff? Oh, excuse me, snargaluff. Search Google for snargaluff. A snargaluff is a magical plant with the appearance of a gnarled stump, but hides dangerous thorn-covered vines that attack when provoked and is usually. Be- There's not a pod. This doesn't have a pod. <laughs> Uh, I feel like this has a different tone than the phrase two peas in a pod. <laughs> yeah, this is this is uh, two, two dangerous tentacles with spikes on them that'll fuck you up. Right, like two peas in a pod, like, I don't know, peas are kind of cute. They're you know? small and green. Like a pea pod is cute, I yeah. feel. Maybe that's because there are a lot of, like, cartoons of, like, peas in a pod. It's just, like, evocative of a certain, you know like cuteness or like yeah it's a little twee i suppose it's a, it's a little alliteration yeah i'm not sure what this wizarding world equivalent is about Ooh, 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 ooh! sorry i just scrolled down and i got to the part where the pod thing comes into play during the battle of hogwarts professor sprout peeves and other students of hogwarts use snargle of pods as weapons against the attacking death eaters are you kidding me no I, did you no i, I don't believe it you There's, just you just <laughs> came up with that that was a little bit of ad-libbing from you no, well done no here Bull, I'm, bullshit i'm sending you a screenshot from <laughs> the harry potter wiki that includes that information and a lovely screenshot i'm so mad <laughs> I'm also, so angry right now. It says, okay, here's the thing. It it so th- this article like starts with the description of the Snargaluff as like, oh, it's like a big log with tentacles in it. Um <laughs> then then the only part where it says oh there are Snargaluff pods is here where it says they use them in the Battle of Hogwarts. But this picture that says a Snargaluff <laughs> pod is still just a picture of vines coming out of a big log. I still don't know what the fuck a Snargaluff pod is. No, no. This is a serious story about a war uh, where they throw Snargleff pods at our enemies. <laughs> Do you think th- this is something that maybe we will have to like rain check as like a, to give a real answer to until we get to it? But do you think that, like, JK's favorite Star Wars movie is Return of the Jedi? Like, do you think that she watched that Ewok battle and she's just like, God damn, that's cool. I gotta have a ghost flying around throwing funny tentacle pods at stormtroopers at the end of my book. She was right. (laughs) I Actually, you know what? I will credit where credit is due. It is fucking sick in Return of the Jedi when they they clamp the two logs on the side of the ATST and squish it. Oh, hell yeah. That's badass. I like that part. I I hope that... The Deathly Hallows has even one moment in the Battle of Hogwarts that is equivalent to that. Yeah, that, that 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 one I agree, but two I feel like we might have just like I feel I feel the monkey's paw curling there mm-hmm. a little bit where that's going to be every scene with Grop, right? Like yeah, Grop is just gonna like be clapping heads left and right or whatever, and it's gonna be so cool every time. Ugh. Let's see, the Snargle of Pod appears in. Half-Blood Prince. Oh, so I guess we're going to see it in Half-Blood Prince. What? Yeah, I guess I we're going to see I am so s- utterly demoralized by, by this pod. <laughs> the Snargaluff <laughs> pod! 
God, it's coming for us. It's in Deathly Hallows. It's oh, it's part of the Wombat on J.K. Rowling's official site. Well, we're going to be ready when we get to that segment. It's mentioned in a newspaper in Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. Uh, and it's also in Hogwarts Mystery. Great. I've been meaning to play that again. Yeah, I'm curious about it. Like, how it is now that there's, like... Because they've added, like, years of... Yeah, now of... that there's more to just tap through, I'm, I'm going to hope that I can just more idly play it and, and make some progress. Yeah, that seems like a, like a cute one to check out. I would, I would be really interested in getting a report on that. Real quick, before we wrap up here, I'm sorry, I'm still stuck on the Snargaluff pod wiki page. Yeah. And... I've scrolled. We, we've we've had a lot of good names this this episode, um, and I scrolled down to the list of uh, uh, herbology professors. Would you Would you like to hear some herbology professors? Yeah, I guess so. So there's here's the ones we know. We knew about Miranda Goshawk. We knew about Professor Sprout. But what about uh, Kiak Marinus? Okay. Bo- Beaumont Majora Banks. I like that. Uh, Guess the main prickle. Okay. Selena Sapworthy. That's a good one. I like that one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Felita Spore. A lot of good plant names in this one. Yeah. Yeah. I like all these. Tilden. It makes them sound like druids. Yeah. Uh, Tilden Toots was one. Hadrian Whittle. Sir Winogrand. Mm. And the last one here is just Nepali Wizard. I don't think that's their name. I think they're just a <laughs> wizard from Nepal. Uh, oh, okay. Uh, Tilden Toots, I just have also discovered, was a uh, a radio personality and presenter. He is a character in Hogwarts Mystery. So you you will be meeting Mr. Toots at some point. Wonderful. I will have to report on that. Uh, and then finally, we have the ones... At Hogwarts, uh, so we have obviously Pomona Sprout, Neville Longbottom, Herbert Beery, like like B E E R Y, Mister Beery. Hmm. I think that these might be the best names in the series. Herbology professor might be like the the cream of the crop for Harry, good Harry Potter names. Yeah, I like those a lot. All right. Well, I need to I need to tear my eyes away from this herbology section because I just saw that the uh, Snargaluff uh, wiki is part of a umbrella section called Vampiric Vegetation. So I need to close this because otherwise I'm going to click that. And we are going to be here all fucking day. Yeah, yeah. We can't go down that that <laughs> rabbit hole right now. No, no, we cannot. Uh, shall we take it to the close? What do you say? Sounds good. Our theme song is Hot McGonagall by Cheshire Moon. Huge thanks to them, as always, for letting us use that as our theme song. You can check them out on Bandcamp, and you can check us out at patreon.com slash streetcast. Hey, we are nearing the big one oh 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 three O's. The big 1,000. Thank you mm. so much to everyone who has been listening and, and supporting us. Uh, and if you're not supporting us yet, hey, we're getting, you know, we're getting close to a big number. We might do something fun. I don't know what yet, but 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 we should do we should come up with something because it's it's coming and that's so exciting. Yeah, thank you to everyone. Yeah, huge thanks to everyone. And uh, Liz, what are we reading next week? Uh, great news! We're reading a chapter called "The Half Blood Prince." That's chapter nine. Woo! We're getting right into it. We're in Half Blood Prince, Half Blood Prince, double prince territory, and we know Absolutely. that Snape. 
So, hey, maybe we get a little bit more Snape content this week. I think this is our last good chapter, which sounds like a bold, a bold <laughs> claim, but I scrolled past it just to see how long it was, and mm. I see that the chapter after that, I think, is our first pensive flashback chapter. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Wow, that early, huh? Yep. That's... Interesting. Uh-oh. 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 Well, we will enjoy what we have when we have it, um, but uh, hey, maybe we could read another book? Please read another book. But there's a lady there, makes ocean rolls seem tame, but I know what you're after if you catch a eye, cause this hot mama is just a cat in disguise.